0: Family dysfunction, toxic orbits, and drawbridges, L. Monday, April 24th, 2023, continued. It's later in the day now. Gaga. I raised my drawbridges for about an hour. I responded to Gail carefully as per my sticky note. I called my mom, too. She's in Wyoming with Joseph, Lizzie, Huck, and the new baby. I gave her the link to my medium stories, this link specifically. I figured it was a pretty safe place to start. Before I did it, I told her that I called Dee Mommy. I said the thing about how she's my fairy godmother, that it's a pure kind of love, and that's why we use that name, that I could see her being weirded out, horrified, or even offended. I tried to read the expression on my mom's face. Her features definitely shifted. Then they seemed to settle. "'Well, there are worse things to call a person,' she concluded. Ga ga ga, I came out to my mom!' After we talked, I called a physical therapist in Joseph's town and made him a PT appointment. i have been telling him to do this for three years. The other day, Lizzie and I decided to take matters into our own hands. He's on paternity leave and has no excuse. We did need to wrangle the insurance card, though. She said she would send it, but then didn't. Apparently, that was because he wouldn't give it to her. I texted our group thread. Dude, I'm doing your grown uping because I love you, not because I enjoy it. Hand it over. Your wife just gave birth. I scheduled him one intake appointment and three follow-ups. Gah-gah-gah-gah. I'm feeling sexy time's awakening. I feel it. It's coming. Oh, and also, I didn't hop to Gail's bidding. I didn't respond to her Friday text until today. That's progress in the Gale orbit for damn sure. I didn't settle it today, either. She's trying to sort out kid care, and she leaves this week. I already had said no anyway. I said no with plenty of advance notice, too. I said no. "'The kids can come to me if they need anything or want to hang out. "'I even offered to host Felix for the full weekend. "'I'll go visit them while Gail's gone, "'but I don't want my role in their life to be underpaid maid who they ignore. "'I am rearranging the distribution of my energy.'" "'Friday, April 28, 2023. "'I could have said yes,' I realized as I headed out the double doors toward home. "'Do you have anyone in your life?' he'd asked me, "'since I forgot he knew Gavin. Weird.'" "'No,' I'd replied definitively. "'I'm still recovering.' "'I could have said yes. "'I have two anyones in my life, actually. "'Maybe even three or more. "'But I knew he meant in the monogamous, settled down sense of the word, so no. "'The answer was no, kind of. "'Surely there's been enough time by now "'since he broke up with Gabriel,' he said. "'Shit, he knows Gavin. "'I always forget that. "'I didn't correct him calling Gavin Gabriel. "'I briefly considered whether or not "'these questions were prying.' Yes was the answer, except that culturally, this is probably totally appropriate behavior for my Indian accountant, and I don't really care. I was touched, actually, that he even remembered anything about me. I had forgotten how good he was at small talk. It's probably why I still go to him to do my taxes. Well, that and the fact that it's actually kind of hard to find anyone who can handle American and Canadian. He's fired, though, this year. As soon as he finishes the American taxes and I find someone new. Suresh, I say, you need a new system. You are impossible to reach, and it is driving me crazy. Every single year, without fail, I finish my taxes at least a month early. Then I send them to Suresh. No response. A few weeks later, I send a polite follow-up email. No response. Bear in mind that the taxes are due this weekend, but I know now not to panic because eventually he always comes through, like at 2 a.m. this past Saturday morning, which was the timestamp of his email to me. I finished your Canadian tax return. Can you come in Tuesday afternoon to sign? As a matter of fact, I could not, because Tuesday is my mommy day, not my boring t- grown-up tax day. I'm not available on Tuesday afternoon, but I can come in any time between 10 and 2 Wednesday, and Thursday afternoon is a possibility. Radio silence. I send a follow-up email. Nothing. Tuesday ticks by, then Wednesday. I text him. No response. I wake up Thursday morning and call the office. The voicemail box is full, and they cannot accept new messages. I text again. I need you to answer soon. I am not available this weekend. Please tell me if 3.30 this afternoon will work. Finally, he answers. Yes, okay. Just like that. No apology, no nothing. I'm very good with texts, usually, Suresh protests. Not this week, you friggin' weren't. Also, you started the communication by email. Didn't you plan to check to see if I'd replied? Also, it should not take five days and multiple attempts to set up a simple meeting. A calendar application would suffice. Also, just no... The whole time I was in the waiting room, the receptionist was fielding calls. I wondered if she had listened to the messages in the voicemail yet. Mm Mm-hmm. What's your name? Let me check. Yes, your assigned accountant is working on it. No, I'm not sure when it'll be done. Yes, okay. I'll let her know you're worried. I heard her repeat this several times. Then she came over to chat with a client who was waiting with me in order to practice her friend. (inaudible) Quelques clients sont très méchants.' I felt for her. I could imagine that some of the customers were mean. "'Listen,' I butted into the conversation. "'I would never be mean to the person picking up the phone, "'because, first of all, it's not nice, "'but also it's not conducive to having you help me. "'That said, I do understand where these people are coming from. "'Personally, I sent you my tax information a month and a half ago, "'and here we are, completely last-minuting it again. "'You need a new system.' "'I totally agreed,' she said. "'But if I told them that right now, they'd laugh at me. "'They're too busy to make the new system.' "'This, ladies and gentlemen, is how businesses fail. "'His probably never will, though.' There are just too many of us desperate civilians in need of a tour guide through tax hell. I owed $2,000. Gross. I was expecting to owe exactly that, but that fact didn't seem to soften the blow. It took me a while to find the right payee on Interac, which kind of added insult to injury. Finally I found it, and with a sorrowful click of a button, said goodbye to my money. Valérie came over last night. We went out for drinks first at Parvis, this hip downtown bar restaurant. "'We sat upstairs where it was a little quieter. "'I ordered tequila cocktails, and we split a pizza. "'You will think I'm lying when I tell you "'this is one of the best pizzas I've ever eaten. "'You will think I'm lying because it was a kale chickpea tahini pizza. "'I think I also tasted applesauce. "'I didn't realize until after it came to the table that it had no cheese. "'It was a vegan pizza. "'I swear to God it was delicious. "'When she came over, I showed Valérie the core, core, core values. "'I own my shit.' I keep an open mind, I recognize my privilege, I protect my home, I radically accept my feelings, I speak up for myself, I value introspection, I distinguish fact from feeling, I respect reality, I wholeheartedly accept compliments, I honor my desires and needs, I am unapologetically myself, Fairy Princess Core Values. "'Good values. I agree with them,' said Valérie, emphatically. "'I think it's possible Valérie might just be a fairy princess. Gail gave me a frickin' run for my money when I wrote them up. "'She kept arguing with things. "'She especially didn't like that as a guiding principle "'I was looking for underlying truths. "'There is no truth is the worst manipulation tactic of the 21st century. "'Undermine everything, and then anything can be acceptable.' "'Of course you believe in truth,' I argued with her. "'What about treat people with kindness? "'You don't believe in that truth?' I, um, what about all your privilege and oppression projects, the hours of time, the money you've invested so you can learn how to treat people with the respect they deserve? Why would you be pursuing that if there's not underlying truth to we deserve the same opportunities? After a while, we seem to find some kind of common ground. I think she didn't really mean there is no truth. (laughs) I think she meant dogmatic politics, black and white, Republican and Democrat, is wrong. In other words, let's not act and think in extremes. Okay, sure, but that's not the same thing as there being no truth. It's an argument I've heard from a lot of people who also identify as conspiracy theorists. I'm not calling them that. They call themselves that on social media. My friend Rachel was a prime example. We got into a heated debate at one point when we were talking on the phone, and I paused to put on a mask. She quickly inquired as to whether I felt like I was caving to the powers that be. I replied that I did not. I actually wanted to wear the mask. What followed was an hour-long monologue of her talking at me, firing her words of political opinions like slingshots from her mouth through the cell phone, stinging my ears as they landed. I finally told her we could agree to disagree and that I did not want to keep talking about it anymore. And then she kept going. And then she got mad when I said the conversation was over. That was actually one of the first times I turned off my phone for a 24-hour stretch. I was so mad at her that I couldn't look at my phone. I wasn't mad about the politics, though. I mean, I was irked about her acting as though her diatribe was a discussion rather than a Rachel-compromised soapbox. But what actually got me mad was when we got to the part of the conversation where she said, "'You know, Lorelai, I've had a difficult year. "'Ladies and gentlemen, please note that we were having this conversation in early 2021.' Rachel, the entire world has had a difficult year this year, I burst out at her, and suddenly our conversation became a who-has-had-more-trauma contest. After that conversation, I told her that I was hibernating to heal from my injuries, which was true, and I haven't talked to her since. I have decided that if the dogmatic energy vampires are not blood-related, I am not obligated to speak with them. God damn it, though. Mindy. There doesn't seem to be a way around speaking with her. She has this incredible knack at becoming the victim in every situation, and blood runs deep. I feel a sense of irrational guilt just by seeing her face at the other end of the phone. Every time I talk to Willow these days, she seems to be around, hovering. The other day, Willow and I finished our book. I can't even remember when we started it, but I think we have been reading it for, together for over a year. Terrier, the second set in a trilogy from Tamora Pierce, one of my all-time favorite authors. Okay, sweetie, I'll talk to you soon, okay? I said, preparing to hang up. Wait, Auntie, can I vent my anger first? Music to my ears. My niece is learning to vent her anger and even has the vocabulary to go along with it. Fairy Princess Club is working. Sure, go ahead, I say. Well, see, Michaela and I had this game, she begins. Michaela and her sister have been Willow's only friends for over two years. The families live nearby with children both Willow and Fern's ages, and they're all homeschooled. Despite a few differences, staunch atheist versus fundamentalist Christian, they have been really happy playmates for a long time. My sister's family is moving at the end of the month, and the thing Willow was going to miss the most was her friendship with the girls. But. Michaela recently admitted to her mother that she and Willow played a game last year called Tag and Smack Your Butt You're It. They are young. They were not thinking about appropriateness. This was also not a sexual game but it seemed like it was to Michaela's very Christian mother who immediately scolded her. It turns out that in their family they are not even allowed to say the word but. Um, what the actual fuck? And then Michaela, attempting to save face, said that Willow had been the one who made it up the game. And I didn't start it, Willow protested it. She started it, and... Willow, wait. Please can I tell your auntie what happened so we get the facts right? Interrupted Mindy. Um, what? What on earth does it even matter? But Mama, I'm just telling her... And off they went, my sister attempting to make everything about herself yet again. Finally, Willow seemed to wrangle permission to continue having her own conversation with me. On speakerphone, so that Mindy could supervise Willow's version of the thing that had happened to Willow. "'You know, Willow,' I said when I could get a word in edgewise, "'it really sucks this happened. "'Your friend's mom is probably really scared. "'It doesn't excuse her reaction, and Michaela still shouldn't have lied, "'but if you look at it from her perspective, "'it's just ridiculous,' cut in my sister. "'They were playing a game. "'I'm going to go over there to their house and talk to her.' "'You are?' asked Willow, "'and I couldn't tell what she thought about it "'because she's learning to hide what she feels. "'The sad thing about all this is that Willow and the girls are on bad terms, "'and in a month my sister's family will be moving to New England.' I hope they have the chance to make up and part with nice memories, but given that they both come from extremely different but equally fundamentalist families, I kind of doubt it. I need recovery time these days when I talk to Willow. I have to decide if I should lower my drawbridge again in the hopes that Mommy has actually left me a coherent message. She's harder to get in touch with than my accountant. However, I like her way more, so I'm willing to put up with it. But couldn't we have a Calendly app or something? On Tuesday when I saw her, she said maybe I could come visit her this weekend. "'Gaga.' "'On Wednesday, I didn't hear from her. "'On Thursday, I didn't either. "'Mommy, I'm going to be raising my drawbridges later today.' "'Nothing.' "'Gaga?' "'Nothing, but I wasn't surprised. "'Finally, I told her that I was raising them for real, "'but I'd check in once today.' "'I lied. "'I checked in three times. "'Okay, twice, but the second time I left it on for half an hour "'and the orbit was intense. "'The first time I lowered the drawbridge was this morning.' I was in a good headspace because I'd just taken a yoga class, and I was about to take another yoga class, so I figured that I could turn on my phone and handle any accompanying feelings. Nothing. Nothing except a message from Mindy that literally gave me heart palpitations. I wasn't supposed to look at anything except a mommy message, but now that I'd seen this, I had to read it. I skimmed it and realized that the gruff language wasn't actually meant for me, but was likely a note she had left Michaela's mom. She must be sending it to me to get my feedback on it, which is interesting because she never actually takes my advice. Note from Lorelai. The note turned out to be extremely empathetic and well-worded. My sister even managed to validate Michaela's family's insane rules while arguing that the girls should be allowed to make up and stay friends. Impressive. Once I determined what it was, the palpitations calmed down, and I turned to the task at hand. Gaga. Okay, I'm going poof for real this time, but I'll check one more time before I light the candles for Shabbos. If you want me to visit tomorrow, can you leave me instructions so that I have them before I shut my phone down for good? I sent that message to all three of Mommy's phone numbers—yes, I know, don't ask—and also to signal. I'd already said the same thing in a Marco Polo message, so I figured I had our channels of communication covered. At 6 p.m., I turned my phone on and prayed. I tried hard not to look at any of the messages, but still managed to see that one had come in from Jesse. Jesse? What's he got to say? Is this going to be a thing where Karen isn't speaking to me, so now he is? Are they no longer capable of speaking to me at the same time? "'I will save that message to watch with Mommy. "'Same with Mindy's message. "'I also ignored Gail's message. "'The only message that gave me pangs was Estrella. "'I almost called her back, but no. "'I had lowered this drawbridge for Mommy. "'I was only checking for Mommy. "'I... she had sent me a message. "'What did the message say, you ask? "'Did it contain the instructions I had asked for? "'No. "'You can text me at this number, kitten. "'I don't want to text you. "'I want you to text me and tell me whether or not "'we have an appointment to sign tax returns tomorrow.' I don't make the rules, I reminded myself. Mommy's allowed to have drawbridges, too. She doesn't have to line them up with mine, even though I think she should. She probably hasn't even seen my texts yet. But wouldn't she realize I needed to know by now? She knows when I raise my drawbridges, wailed Baby Girl in my head. She may not know herself whether this weekend is a possibility or not, Mistress Me reminded her. They're still at a kind of a stalemate now. Baby Girl thinks it's dumb that she isn't the mistress. See, I want to turn my phone back on, in the hopes that Mommy is done with work and now has had the time to answer me. But what if she hasn't? Or what if she has answered me, but the answer disappoints me? This is the whole reason I have drawbridges in the first place, so that I'm not giving my power to anyone else for a whole period of time. During that time, there can't be assumption, miscommunication, expectation, disappointment. Except I really, really like seeing Mommy. Okay, I think it's time to talk to the universe about this. Bye! Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Okay, it turned out that it wasn't Mommy's fault. It was cyberspace. She had texted me and even left a voicemail, but this news was not communicated to me by the device expressly charged with its communication. Outrageous. Just as I had given up all hope, I heard the decisive sound of a key in a hole, twisting, doorknob, opening. Mommy! It was lovely. She even slept over. She left on Sunday, and now it's Tuesday, and she may or may not come, and I'm back in the Mommy orbit again. Friday, May 5th, 2023. Spring is springing, like for real, for real. It rained for almost the entire month of April. The gray dreariness dripped into my mood. I think it rattled all of our moods. But today, the sun is shining, and people were flooding the streets of St. Denis, St. Catherine, and Montreal. It seemed like everyone was rubbing their eyes and squinting toward the sun, not certain it was real. A month ago today, an ice storm wiped out electricity for a large swath of Quebec for more than a week. "'It hailed on Tuesday. "'But today it's sunny. "'The ugly duckling phase of springtime "'is vanishing down the gutters. "'The mud has dried, "'and all that litter and winter filth "'buried under the snow "'has been picked up by the city workers. "'It's May 5th, and it's finally spring. "'I saw Naomi today, "'for the first time in over a month. "'She has canceled on me every single week "'since the end of March. "'At first it was migraines, "'then a stalled-out car. "'I think maybe the break did us some good. "'Even so, it took so much energy.' But my body missed her. She took my hip and nudged it back into place, one tendon at a time. My brain hurts. Sunday, May 7th, 2023. The beautiful weather is continuing. Yesterday, I went on a nine-mile hike in the Adirondacks. Lynn's a frickin' machine man. She got back from Indonesia on Tuesday night, and by the weekend, she had already organized an international hiking trip. I tried to come up with a reason not to go. It's easy, no big deal. I'll just get the Kamunoto, pick up Lauren and Farid, swing by for you, and then scoop up Mael on the way out of town. I basically had no reason to say no, except that I'd been planning on staying at home moping about and smoking weed all day, and you can't take weed across the Canada-U.S. border. You don't understand, I said. I've pretty much been high since you left. Great, so I'll see you tomorrow morning? It was a magical sober day, and I barely even thought about weed except for every ten or fifteen minutes. No, seriously, it was good, and today I finally filled in a page in my diary that I titled back in February, Weed and Me. I have three other pages, Mommy and Me, Gail and Me, Etienne and Me. I wasn't really sure why I was titling the pages, and they've remained blank since conception. I've since filled in many of the pages that follow, which has thrown off my sense of linearity, which I guess is important if I'm really planning on living like the mad artist that I am. During my birthday weekend at the chalet, I told Gail about her page, I said I hadn't fixed it in yet, but the idea was to take a look at the relationships in my life that have a tendency of turning into toxic orbits. As soon as the words were out of my mouth, I became self-conscious. Not so much because of the mention of toxic orbits. Gail already knows about that. It was more that for a moment I thought it might creep her out that I spend time journaling about her. She was completely unfazed, though, and in reply to my apologetic excuses for writing about her, she replied thoughtfully, You know, I consider our friendship on the same level as Richard or Pierre, like a lover but platonic. We're family. My heart beamed. It also sighed, because I'm distancing myself from Gail. I have to, and I'm not watching her kids next week, which feels weird because she's out of town and she asked me to months ago. It felt strange but important to say no. I'm still planning on stopping by and checking in on them, but I can't keep pouring out gallons of energy into people who only offer me pints. Weed and me. I love that weed allows me to detach, to tune into my body and the universe, to feel magic in the world, to heal my heart, to access passion, creativity, wonder, and joy. False narratives I have about pot. Life is terrible without it. No, actually, sometimes I need the sharpness of sobriety. I don't know how to cope without it. Wrong, I do, and I have, and I can, and I will. I need it all the time. Untrue. It's more that I highly benefit from its company. Toxic orbit. I need weed. I need more weed. I'm desperate without weed. I need more. I can't get enough. I'm not capable of being okay without it. In my diary, the orbit part is drawn in a circle, so you can see the visual orbit looping around itself. So, just three blank pages left now. I told Lynn that cute boy had blown me off. She said he's a bit weird and I could always try again. That if anything, it would be flattering. That I shouldn't think I'm bothering him. But that she could understand how I might prefer somebody who actually took some initiative. "'It seems like she had a good time in Indonesia. "'I don't think her relationship is going to last, though. "'She didn't give me any details, "'but she did say she needed to discuss it with her therapist, "'which can't be a good sign. "'I mean, we didn't fight or anything,' she said. "'But, yeah, I have some things to sort out. "'Did you finally realize what a grump he is?' I asked her "'before I even realized the words were out of my mouth. "'Bad, Lorelai, bad!' she laughed. "'What makes you say that?' she asked me. "'I mean, he never smiles at anything,' I said truthfully.' "'Still, it's none of your business, Lorelai, and we don't point out problems with friends' boyfriends unless asked.' "'Well, it's interesting that you've observed that,' she said, "'and I hoped I had offered some helpful perspective instead of being an interfering busybody.' "'Listen, if you end up getting married, we'll forget we had this conversation, okay?' I said. "'Okay,' she agreed. "'Then we hung up, and yesterday we drove across the border into New York "'and hiked so high up into the mountains that we found the snow again.' and birch trees, and birds, and ferns, and sun, and wind, and panoramic 360-degree views. It was spectacularly beautiful. I drove us all home afterward, just like a grown-up, and I didn't smoke any weed until this morning. Love. Me.